into my ear to hear as alone. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. May you never, ever turn away from God's word, because the word of God gives us help. Amen. I read in the scriptures, as you read in John chapter 6. If you're reading the scriptures for the first time, and you get into that scripture, you'll be, what is this? What is he talking about? And, and we're talking about Jesus, what Jesus was talking about. Now, we need to understand this, that the communion table is a table of mysteries. And we're going to be sharing that from the Word of God. Uh, you can have an encounter with God that can transform your life spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every way. From just being with Jesus at the communion table. And, and many people around the world have been healed by God at the communion table. Some people have had their DNA changed at the communion table. HIV had disappeared from people's bodies when they understood the power of the communion table. It's a table of mysteries. You see, God never tells us to do anything that is ordinary. Just something to do a ritual. There is power behind it, power to transform your life both physically and emotionally. We, the Bible is not an ordinary book. It's a book of mysteries. And when God opens your eyes by revelation and you see the mysteries of the Word of God, that Word will heal. Just like dealing with Jesus, if you can see Him personally, just like Jesus healed in Bible days, Jesus can heal you through the Word and through the mysteries that's in the world unveiled to you, you can receive your freedom. And Jesus puts it this way. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now if you read in John chapter 6, beginning from verse 53, Jesus speaking, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Unless you eat. And he's speaking to the world. From that generation to our generation. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you have no life in you. So if you've never eaten his flesh according to this scripture, that's why I'm going to, I said, you'll read and you say, what is this about if you're reading this script, he's saying, unless you eat his flesh, you don't have life. You just think you're living. But you don't have life. You have no life in you. Unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood. To drink blood. But that's what Jesus said. And he cannot lie to us. He's telling us the truth. For every human being living in this world presently, and those that have lived before us, and those that will come, Jesus is saying, unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh, he says, in verse 54, and drinks my blood, has eternal life. 
Notice, eat. It didn't say if you eat once, eat. Hello? It's a continuous thing. You have eternal life. If you continue to eat his flesh and drink his blood, he said, you have eternal life and I will raise you up at that last day. So when the day of judgment comes, Jesus raises you to be with him forever. That's what he's talking about here. Then he tells us, for my flesh is food indeed. No doubt about it. And my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. What he's saying is, if you eat his flesh and you drink his blood, you make your home in him. You make your dwelling place in him. You are hid inside Christ if you eat his flesh and drink his blood. You make your dwelling. You set up your home in him. And then he tells us this. As the living father sent me, and I live because of the father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. He lived because of his father, and so he feeds on him, that's his blood and his flesh, you live by him. You have no life unless you live by him. He says, this is the bread which came from heaven. Not as your fathers ate of the manna that's in the wilderness and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. He who eats this bread will live forever. The Jews wanted to say, oh, what are you talking about? Can, this man is going to give us his flesh to eat. Now for a Jew, that's hard to hear. We don't eat people. <laughs> and we sure don't drink people's blood. And as far as you're concerned, not even if this you, we won't do that. But you would expect Jesus to back away from that? No. He went on with it. He continued to let them know, unless you do this, you have no life in you. And many of them were offended. And some of them said, we're not going with this man. He wants us to eat human flesh. We're not going to do that. Now, we know today, because we didn't live in his time, we live looking behind, that he wasn't talking about eating his physical flesh. But the question is, where would you find the flesh and the blood of Jesus? The flesh, his body, to eat and to drink his blood. What was he talking about? I believe that when Jesus made this statement, he was actually referring to the communion table. Because he said to them, I was, he said, with all that was in me, I was looking forward to do this with you before I go to the cross. Remember that? He said, I looked forward to this very time. When, they did, when the very first time they had the communion with his disciples, Jesus said, with everything, basically, everything I had in me, I was looking forward to do this with you before I suffer. So this was what he was talking about. And I believe when you do this, something happens to your life that transforms everything about you. If you do it in faith. Not physically eating, because now we live by faith. We believe. And if you believe and you eat by faith, it transforms you. 
Your life can be transformed. And many of our lives will be transformed this morning. Can I hear an amen? God will transform your life this morning. Now, let me talk first about the bread. And I'm going to go real fast. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, it says, I'm reading from the uh, New Century Version. It says, and gave thanks, Jesus gave thanks for it, for the bread after he gave it to them. And then he broke the bread and said, this is my body. It is for you. Now, we always read, this is my body broken for you. And if you read in some translation, that was added. Just to make sense. He broke the bread. He gave them the bread that was broken. And he said, this is my body. It is for you. His broken body, that's for you. And he gave it to them for them to eat. It is for you. Do it in remembrance of me. In other words, I'm exchanging my body for your body. My body is for you to have. You are many, I'm going to break it so everyone can have my body. And that was at the communion. You can have the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. This body transforms our bodies. I'd like to read one scripture here. I need to go real fast. Second Kings chapter 4. This was the story of Elisha. And some prophets, sons of the prophets, where they trained people to become prophets. In verse 38, it says, And Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a, a famine, there was famine, a famine on the land. Now the sons of, prof, of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said to his servants, Put on the last part, and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. They, he was teaching them, and he was their master, and he was taking care of them, and showing them how to prophesy. So one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered from it a lap full of wild goats and came and sliced them in the parts of two, though they did not know what they were. <laughs> That's strange. That's what disciples do. They just go out, get whatever they get, <laughs> and just slice it and put it in the pot. <laughs> Don't care what it is. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> what kind of a disciple is this? Just go out, get whatever you find, any green stuff, slice them, put it in the stew. And they eat. You know what this represents? That's what people do in life. The part of two is my life. Right? And people gather all kinds of strange things and bring to their life. All kinds of stupid stuff and bring into their life. Drink, drunkenness. All kinds of things. And mix it up for your life. And but when you start eating that life, all you find. Let's go further. I'm going, getting ahead of me. He says, then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew, that they, all of them, cried out and said, Man of God, there is death in the pot. <laughs> there is death in the pot. You see, that's what we do. We bring all of this stuff to us, to us and we think we're going to have fun. Guess what you get? 
death in the path. Death in the path. They cried out. Thank God they cried out. And what did the man of God do? He says, man of God, there is death in the pot, and that they could not eat it. So he said, the man of God said, then bring me some flour. Some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Flour, in my mind, flour, that's what you get bread from, right? No matter what poisoned your life, no matter what Satan has put in your life to destroy you, when you take that bread, it neutralizes the poison. I don't care what it is that the enemy has put in your life. When you go by the faith of the word of God and you take that bread, Jesus said, it's for you. It's for your life. To put your life together, whether there is poison, whether the, no matter what's coming to your body, sickness, disease, whatever it is, that thing must die. And you can live. No matter the poison. His body was broken for us. That's what the scripture tells us. Body broken for us. He was wounded for our transgression. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. When you take the bread, you take in his body. And one cannot live in Jesus' body. He's not permitted to live in your body. Unless you permit it. Amen. So put that bread in the mix and let it neutralize what the enemy is putting there. Even what you have done to yourself with your own hands, bringing this poison into your life. The power of the body of Christ will neutralize all of that. And God's going to do that this morning. Can I hear an amen? All you have to do is take it by faith and have no fear and God will neutralize that. Amen. The blood of Jesus, the wine. Uh, the same First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-five. He says, "And they same, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood.' The cup that we're going to receive today, Jesus called it what? The new covenant in his blood." This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, when it says in remembrance of me, sometimes we say, well, let's think about Jesus. No. If you go to Psalm 103 from verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. That's what he's talking about. Remember me, what I did for you. Don't forget the benefits. Use the benefits. If you work in a good place and you got benefits, insurance and everything, and then you're sick and you go to your boss, I don't know what to do. I'm sick. He said, why don't you go to the hospital and you got benefits? You can take care of that. So he says to do this in remembrance of him. The wine of the Lord Jesus Christ is what and grafts us into his body, his life. 
his blood, in your blood. That now means you are engrafted into him. You become part of him. And he tells us this. And I want to go back to scripture. But in in, uh, John chapter 15. I am the vine. And you are the branches. The branches are a part of the vine. They have the same DNA. Hello? They have the vine and the branches have the same potential. So you now have the life of God in you when you receive the blood. You are engrafted into him. Your life is made different. It's life for life. All that has to happen is by faith. You have to receive this by faith. God transforms your life. The Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter uh, 17 verse 11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. God said, I have given that to you as a covering. So you are now under the covering of the blood of Jesus forever. He's not only part of your life, he covers you. You are now under the shadow of the Almighty because of the blood of Jesus. I'm going to share some scriptures with you here. First, the blood cleanses. The blood of Jesus cleanses. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 tells us, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The blood cleanses your conscience. In other words, if you have spiritual problems, when you take that blood of the covenant, no matter what's attacking your life spiritually, you can get cleansed. He purges your conscience, so now you can serve God without fear. That's what Zechariah prophesied, that God has granted to us that we will serve him without fear, in holiness, all the days of our lives. The blood of Jesus that was offered by the eternal spirit, if we receive that by faith, can purge your conscience and transform your life so that the things that you love, that's bad, that you've been struggling, God can wash all of that away from your life and you don't like those things anymore. I remember when I was in Georgia, this guy got saved and... uh, Every time I take him to church, uh, when we get back home, he, he was very respectful. He gets out of the car and he lights his uh, cigarette and he's smoking, enjoying himself. I said no word for, to him. I just let him, I said, Holy Spirit, one of these days the blood will touch him. Ah, the blood will touch him. And uh, all of a sudden God touched him and he got free. And later his name Nat, funny guy. Uh, but, but one day he was so angry. Well, I hate people who smoke. I hate smoking. I don't want this stuff. I hate this stuff. And he was really adamant. I said, uh, uh, Nat, you used to smoke, remember? Have some mercy, okay? <laughs> Have some mercy. Because the blood had washed all, all away. The blood will wash everything that is contrary to life that is in your blood. You now have the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's part of your life. He's part of your life. 
in Zechariah, I've been preaching from Zechariah, chapter 3. This is what it says, verse, from verse 1 through 4. Then he showed me, remember I was talking about encouragement. Zechariah was the prophet of encouragement, of hope, the one that encouraged the people. We talked about his name, Zechariah, what he meant, and all of that. But this is the same Zechariah here. He says, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. Every time you stand to do God's work, guess who is standing at your right hand? What is he there to do? To oppose you. So if you are feeling some opposition in your life, uh, don't think it's strange, okay? (laughs) Remember who is at your right hand, okay? To oppose you. He was standing there to oppose him. And guess in whose presence? In the very presence of God. In the very presence of God. God sitting right there and you're sitting there and, and Satan is standing to oppose you in the very presence of God. That's what life is about. But thank God for the blood covenant. Amen. He's standing to oppose. And he says, and the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And the Lord who has chosen, he says, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. In other words, Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Every one of you born again, guess who picked you out? Jesus picked you out. And when Satan stands to oppose you, he gets rebuked. Because there is blood all over you. Amen. The blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. When Satan comes to oppose your life with sickness, God will rebuke him. And God's rebuking him this morning in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? God said this. This is so neat. I can't express how I feel about this. It says, the Lord rebuke you. And then the Lord says, "Who the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. And God asked the question, is this not a branch? You remember the word branch? He is divine and we are what? God says, is this not a branch plucked? From the fire? You can't oppose a branch that God has plucked from the fire. We are part of him. He stands to oppose, but the Lord rebukes him. Is this not a branch that is plucked from the fire? He says, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. And was standing before the angel. And he answered and spoke, that God answered and spoke to those, everyone standing before him, saying, Take away that filthy garment from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Now, what is that saying? The blood of Jesus cleanses from sin. And when you take that blood, that opposition from Satan is totally gone. Totally gone. Because God has plucked you 
out of the fire. I want to stay back with uh, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11. And this is good. It says, and for you also, because of the blood of your what? Covenant. Because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Waterless pit means nothing good coming out of it. I will set your prisoners free. So if you feel bound this morning, your day of freedom has come. Can I hear an amen? Your day of freedom has come. If you feel like your life is not being watered, you don't have favor, today that's come to an end as we come to the communion table in Jesus' name. God said he will deliver you from your waterless pit and he will return you to your place, your stronghold. The place where you were doing so well. Can I hear an amen? Today is our day of returning. To our strong, a place of stronghold. But look at what the Lord said. Because of the blood of the covenant. You, now you are a prisoner of hope. You were a prisoner, but you were a prisoner of hope. Even today. Can I hear the word today? Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Hallelujah. Can we give him a clap offering? Oh yes. God said because of the blood covenant, God will return double to you. So whatever the enemy has stolen from your life, today you are getting double in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Today is your day for double. If he has stolen your health, today you will not only be free from that sickness, but you will have divine health. God will give you double for your troubles. Amen? <laughs> double for your troubles. That's your day. And the only reason he's doing it is because of the blood covenant. You have a covenant. He says the cup, this is, the cup you have in your hand is the covenant in my blood. Because of the blood covenant, you're free. Let me show you something. When you have the blood over your life, you become too hot for Satan to stay around. He wants to get rid of you real fast. Hello? You get too hot for him. He's happy to rid himself of your trouble. Get away from me. He doesn't want anything to do with you. Let me share this. This is important. In Exodus chapter 11 verse 1, God says this to Moses. I will bring yet one more plague on Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a type of Satan. Amen? Hmm. It says, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. And all his demons, that's what that means. Okay? Afterward, he will let you go from here. He's been resisting for a long time. But after this last plague... He will let you go. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. In other words, he can't wait to get out, get out of here. We don't want you anymore. You know what that last plague was? The blood. The blood is the plague to Satan. Every time you apply the blood... You are applying 
a plague, he don't want it. That was a plague. That's what I meant. You become too hard for him. He wants to get rid of you as fast as he could. He doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be around you. Get away from me. That's what he's saying. God says with urgency, they want you out of their life, out of Egypt. Get out. Again, remember what he says. Pharaoh, that's a type of Satan. And Moses, as a type of Jesus. And the Egyptians, demons that are working with them to punish the children of, of God. And, and the children of God, children of Israel, that's you. So when I see the blood, remember, I will pass over you. But when the enemy sees the blood, that's a plague on him. And he's not going to be able to keep you. Exodus chapter 12, verse 33, and I'll close with this. After God had applied the blood, amen? You know, we tell people, plead the blood of Jesus, apply the blood of Jesus. This is what it means. It says, after the blood was applied, it says, and the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. They are ready to get rid of you. The demons don't want anything to do with you. They are giving everything that they took from you. They're giving them back to you. And they want you totally out of their lives. The Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. That's what all the demons are saying. They can't help. Get away from us. We don't want you anymore. Uh, uh, We're not going to hold you slaves anymore. You're getting out. You're free. Today, you're going to be free as we come to the communion table. Totally free, emotionally, spiritually. It doesn't matter what you're plaguing your life this morning. At the communion table, God can set you free. I do know if you read First, uh, First Corinthians chapter 11, he tells us that the people, when they did the communion wrong, some of them became very weak. Some of them died. There is spiritual power in taking the communion. And please come with faith. That's what pleases God. That as you take this communion bread, as you take this communion wine, something is going to transform you in your body, in your life. There's the power for great transformation as you take it. And so the only way to please God, because they did it and God wasn't pleased because they were not really applying much faith. Faith is what pleases God. The only thing that pleases Him. So today, as you take the communion, if you're sick in your body, get ready to get well. If you're confused, get ready for that to completely go away from you. We are coming to this uh, table. I call it the table of mysteries. Because your life is going to be transformed. I don't care what's happening to you today. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is right here with us today. And believe me, he's standing by you. He's standing right by you and wants to touch you. If you can see him, you can ask, but you can't. But right there, he's as close. He says, as the Father sent me, even though it's in the same way I sent you. But then he tells us he's going to be there with us, even to the end of the age. So when you're standing right there with the communion, he's right there by your side. And as you take the communion, he watches over his word to perform it. So this morning, I'm believing for true healing to take place in your life. That includes your finances. It includes your finances. 
Whatever is your problem for you today that's enslaving you and keeping you in Egypt, today is your day out. Today is your day of freedom. Remember what Jesus said? If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Son is going to make you free this morning. Stand up with me. Those who are helping with the communion, please come.